also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed. Everybody says, I have committed unto him against that day. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. We're going to talk for a little while tonight. We'll see if we get through all of what I have here. Otherwise, we'll split it up and come back next Wednesday. Um, But we're going to talk about, well, glory, why I need a church. And we're going to start with commitment. We're going to talk about commitment. I think these are some important things I've been praying this week and asking God for direction. And this morning I woke up and I was driving this morning and this is what I felt like God placed on my heart. Began to go through these notes again. These are lessons I taught as a, as a uh, uh, discipleship course. But these things I believe need to be said. I don't know how long it's been since I've taught this lesson. Um, And so here we're going to break it out and we're going to spend some time. Why I need a church, and the first thing we're going to discuss as to why I need a church is commitment. Commitment. As we go to the Lord in prayer for the the word of God, I want to pray for Sister Rini. Her health is, is, is a mess right now. I want to pray for Brother Blue, that God would touch his back. That somehow that God would bring some relief there so that they could make it back to the house of the Lord. But also praying for Grandma Kim. I know she's getting better, but we want to touch God for her as well. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. My God, I'm asking tonight, Lord, that you would hear the voice of your people. God, you are more than able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Lord, I'm asking this evening, Lord, that you would reach down in the Howell home, that you would reach down and you would touch Brothers Blue and Sister Rini, God. Lord, you are able, God, to perform miracles, Lord. In this day, in this hour, you are still the same God that was as is today, Lord. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would touch them, that they would feel your touch even as we pray at this moment. God, I pray for Grandma Kim, God, that you would touch her body. Lord, you would continue healing her, Lord. I pray today that you would do these things, Lord. I pray you would anoint these lips of clay and this mind of mine that I could deliver what you placed on my heart. God, I pray that you would open each of our hearts tonight that we could receive what thus saith the word of the Lord to the church. We thank you for it today. We praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. You can be seated. For 2 Timothy 1 and 12, for the which cause I also suffer these things. I'm going through some things in life. He said, nevertheless, I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. Can I just put it in my my common vernacular? Just saying, hey, I'm going through some stuff, Brother Tuffy. But I know the one that I believe, he's going to help me keep the commitments that I've made to him. It is in this day and hour that we live, as it has been throughout all of history, we have needed, we have needed commitment. Commitment is something that is not so popular in this day and hour in which we live. Uh, you find people don't keep their word when they say they're going to do something. Somebody just saying they're going to do it absolutely means nothing at times, and and there are other times that they will even shake on it, and it still don't follow through with what they said they were going to do. You say, what do you mean? I can tell you this much, the rate of divorce and separation in, in, in relationships between husbands and wives 
is the telltale sign that there is a lack of commitment. The lack of fathers uh, and, and mothers um, in, the, in the lives of their children, the growing rate of, of children that, that don't have good role models in their life, the rate of which that um, fathers or mothers are abandoning one another and leaving the other to, to fill in the gaps when, when they're in their absence. I'm just here to say commitment is not something that is a very, very popular thing to do, um, especially in the selfish world in which we live. Uh, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer tonight, but I'm just letting you know this is reality in which we are living today. When we say we're going to do something, we should it, with everything in our being, want to follow through with what we said we were going to do. Uh, I know that people would say, well, that's integrity, Pastor. You're talking about commitment. Well, I'm staying committed to the words that I speak. I'm staying committed to the things that I have told others that I would do my best. And when I do fall short, I'll tell you, I hate, I hate it. And I, you will hear me probably apologize a hundred times uh, and probably drive you nuts because it, it, make, it hurts my heart to know that I've just messed up and, I, and uh, I, I don't like not following through with something that I've committed to. To be victorious in living for God, however, you also must be committed but not just to things and not just going through the motions, but you have to be committed to God. You have, you have, you are not able to see God. He's probably not going to push you and make you do everything that you said you're going to do for Him. But you should be committed enough to say, God, regardless, I'm going through and I'm going to stay in this until the end. If you are committed to God, nothing will shake your faith. A commitment to God places our trust in God and it brings a, a confidence to our walk with God. Amen. Commitment places our lives in the hands of our Savior. In fact, commitment is... This, in a nutshell, it is trusting God unwaveringly. Uh, regardless of the circumstance that we may face, I still trust God. Just because life is not going the way I think it should be since I've started my journey in this relationship with my Savior, uh, I'm not just going to turn my back and, and hightail it out of here, but I'm going to stick it through. Uh, I'm going to press on in the good times, uh, and I'm going to press on in the bad times. Commitment is trusting God unwaveringly. Commitment is coming to the realization that God has our life in His hands. You might not be able to see all of the big picture of your life. You may not even be in control of the trajectory of things going on in your life and likely not ever. Amen. But I can promise you this. I trust that my destiny is in the hands of one who sees all things. One who knew my beginning before, my ending before the beginning even began for me. Amen. Job said it this way in Job 13 and 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. He's saying, look, I know things are going crazy right now. But I want you guys that I'm, are sitting around here judging me today. I've made some commitments to my God. And I'm going to maintain those ways before the Lord. Even though I don't maybe feel like it today. Commitment says I will live right regardless of my circumstance. 
Amen. A committed life finds less time for looking back to the world. Amen. When you're committed to something, you've got a made-up mind that says, I'm not turning around. You've got a made-up mind that says, hey, I'm, I'm pressing through this thing. I'm getting to where this, this ties into the church in just a few minutes. But first off, we've got to deal with us. We've got to deal with where that commitment lies. Am I committed to God? If I am, I'm going to press on. Even when I don't feel like doing what I know I need to do, I'm going to, com- com- I'm going to complete that work. Hallelujah. A committed life finds way less time looking back to the world. Can I put this in there? A committed life gives me less time to look back at my past in regret and wish, man, Brother Tuffy, I wish I wouldn't have done that, and I wish I wouldn't have done this. No, I wish I hadn't have. But let me tell you something. I am here where I am today because of the grace and mercy of God. And I'm only going to make it through to the, to the end if I stay committed and I continue to dwell in the grace and mercy of God. I ain't going to be able to do it by myself. Amen. When you're committed to God, your eyes are fastened on the things that are, on the things that are yours because you belong to God. Uh, when, when you must become involved in your new life that the old life, so involved in your new life that the old life cannot make inroads in to distract you. Oh, help me, Jesus. Commitment keeps your eyes on Jesus and keeps you faithful. Now, next week or whenever we, we get to it, the first part is talking about commitment. The next part is going to talk about faithfulness. It's not the same thing. We're going to, we're going to dig into both of these matters. We're going to work on them. There are a lot of similarities. But commitment helps me stay faithful. My commitment is going to help me pursue God like I've never pursued Him before. My commitment is going to help me focus my priorities on God and godly things. Well, can I get an amen? When we are committed, our energies and our thoughts are channeled to the pursuit of the things of the kingdom. In fact, we need to educate ourselves in the things of God. It's easy to find time for the things of God and the work of the church when we are committed to God. Can I put it this way? I think most of us here understand. Well, let me let me just use Brother Mendez as an example. Brother Mendez, what's going to happen if you go place a bid and you win the bid? And you told him, I'm going to be here at such and such a date. And you change that date. Likely they're going to have a little mercy on you. They're going to say, okay, we'll work with you. But what happens if you do that five or six or ten times? They're going to find somebody else. Brother Tuffy, you've been working at Frankenstein's for a while. I know that there are times that we want to stop and quit, but we keep going back because we're committed to make sure that we have money in the bank, to make sure that we got our home taken care of, those loved ones that we have, we've got to make sure that they're taken care of. And we're providing for ourselves in the long run as well. It's the only reason why I'm still working a secular job, not just pastoring, is because I want to make sure that my family has everything that they need. God can provide Right now, God's providing for us through a job. What I'm saying is I'm committed to this. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to get up. I'm going to get dressed in the morning. I'm going to probably get me a cup of coffee. And I'm going to go sit at my desk, and I'm going to start talking to the guys that I work with 
and I'm going to get on some phone calls tomorrow. You know why? Because I'm committed to making sure my earthly things are taken care of. Brother Herring used to say it this way. You can go out there and give 40 hours to Pharaoh all week long, but you come to church and you don't want to give God more than even maybe even an hour, and you're ready to call it quits and go home. He said, who's more important, Pharaoh or God? (laughs) Commitment is everything. If I can commit my ways and my efforts and all of my my, my, uh, opportunities towards making sure my, my earthly things are taken care of, Brother Mendez, why can't I take that kind of effort and put it towards the things of God? Bishop Riggins' pastor, when he, well, his, his, his pastor, uh, Pastor Davis, he always told the men, he said, look, if you will work for God, Like you work for men, God will bless you better than what the men will bless you with. And I'll never forget my father-in-law. He he came out of, 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 of Bible college, and he went and sat with a man for a year, maybe two years, I don't know. And then he was placed as a pastor in the church. I don't remember, 24 years old, somewhere in that range. Uh, some He was young. And he took the pastor of this church, and all he knew was what his pastor said. I want you to go. He said this church was a small church. And, uh, and he, he said, I didn't know much of a trade. He said, I had just done odd jobs to get my way through, pay my way through uh, college. But he said, when I got to the church, I decided, you know what? The only thing I can consider is my pastor told me that if I'll give as much effort to God and put in at least 40 hours a week for God, God will bless the efforts that I'm putting in his church and God will help us. And God did some mighty awesome things there. God ended up blessing them. Yeah, they had some rough times, but God ended up blessing them and he never had to take a job at that first church that he ever worked at, that he ever pastored. Because God reached down. He said, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. He said, I even punched the clock for a while. He said, just so I knew, I was, I was punching as many hours as those guys are out on the job site. Now, am I saying after you finish working, you got to put in another 40 at the church? That's not what I'm saying. But my question is, are you willing to commit your efforts to God like you have committed them to other things? I know all of this year, you guys are probably getting sick and tired of hearing me push us and, and press us and, 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 and talk about how we need, to get, we, need to, we need to be more committed to the Lord. Look, I don't think I can ever get, I can, I can ever get ultimately committed. <laughs> I have flesh that I have to break down every single day. And so here I am again just talking about how can I be committed to the Lord. I, I know, I know I've got to work this job. And I know I have been I've been stressed out a few times about my job. And I and I get that. But but you know, I'm learning as these days go by to walk more by faith than by assurances that that I'm going I've got this lined out and I've got that lined out. And it's teaching me how to be more committed to the Lord and say, Here I am, God, I am in your hands. I trust you. I put all of my hope in you. Whatever the case may be, I may not ever get rich, and that's all right. I may not ever have more than enough, and that's all right. But let me tell you something. When I got Jesus, I got something that's out of this world, and I can promise you that thing is way more than enough than I ever needed before. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Commitment causes us to put the things of God first in our lives. 
In fact, commitment gives us God-conscious and kingdom-minded priorities. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Praise God. To be successful in living for God, you must not just be committed to God on a one-on-one basis, but I'm here to tell you, you need to be committed to your church. Hallelujah. Why should I be committed to the church? Well, I give 33 scriptural reasons why I attend church one time. Amen. If you want those, I can give them back. I can give them to you again. But here is one of those reasons. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9, the Bible says, Be not carried about by diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have occupied therein. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, let me just say it this way. Your church is the place where you should go for teaching. Your church. It's not because the preacher has to be a lord of the heritage of the Lord. But what the reason is, is... Uh, I'm going to get there, but can I just put it out there real quick? I just want you to understand God puts us under one under-shepherd. And God tasks that under-shepherd, or like Brother May said, that sheepdog. God tasks that sheepdog with the necessity uh, and the responsibility of the souls of the people that pray through in his church. He plants them there. He he molds them into the body of Christ in that local assembly. And uh, I, 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 I will eventually teach on all of that. I can promise you that. We need to understand these things. That's why it's important that when you are when you are growing in God. You're not running from this church to this church to this church. Running from place to place or even person to person. Trying to learn different things in the Word of God. The reason I'm saying this is not because I think I'm anybody, but I do understand the office of pastoring. And that is, those other people aren't going to stand before God and give account for your soul. It's not going to happen. But there is one that will stand before God. And he's the one that God placed in your life as your pastor. In a minute, you'll see, I'll cover it once again, but I can promise you nobody's going to have a burden for your soul like your pastor has for your soul. He's the one that's standing on the wall watching. He's the one, and I can promise you, I I do not enjoy teaching about the roles that I'm feeling. If I was in somebody else's church, I would preach this with every ounce of my being, and I'm going to do it here tonight, but there are hesitations of people. You get to thinking about, Man, they're going to think I think I'm somebody and, and that, that I, I, I can do no wrong. Honey, I can promise you that ain't the truth. But I can also promise you this. I do understand the, the veracity of the office in which I stand tonight. I, I, I didn't ask God for this. Uh, God called me to this. And God asked me to feel this role in this church. Uh, amen. In this time of history. And I believe that if we are going to find the clear direction for our lives, uh, you've heard it preached from other men that have come through, uh, you're going to have to go and 
make and have counsel with your pastor. Say, hey, I've been praying about such and such. I've been asking God about this and that. Amen. Let me tell you something. There are two things, two principles that I've always lived by. Number one, if I take something to my pastor, I've done this before. If I take something to my pastor and I say, pastor, this is what I've been feeling when I'm praying. And, he, and, and it took him by surprise, the thing that I said. One of the things I realized, maybe I misunderstood. I know what I felt, but maybe I misunderstood. Then I asked him, what is it that I misunderstood? And maybe he'll say, I don't know, because God hadn't spoke to him yet, which would be Something that he's going to say, I'm going to go back to the Lord and I'm going to pray. He even prayed with me one time when I was sitting in his office. He said, this is what I feel about it. Now, I'm not saying everything that you, you feel and then you come to the pastor and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Maybe it's one of those instances where you guys need to bond together in, in prayer right then. I don't know. There will be, oh, help me, Jesus. There will be, be times in your life where you'll feel like God's changing the direction of your, of your walk with him. Those types times you need to speak with your pastor. You need to spend time, and I, I want to make sure that I'm available for those times. And if, if need be, we'll, we'll spend time praying, asking God for a clear direction. If we don't get it while we're there at that moment, guess what? We're going we're gonna to set aside a day of fasting. We're going to spend some time in prayer. I remember Brother Tuffy came to me, asked me a question about, uh, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you, but I was just thinking about the time that we were talking about getting married. And all I said was, Brother Tuffy, let's just fast and pray about it. It wasn't too long after that that you made up your mind. Yeah. Now, sometimes, I told Brother Tuffy this before, but I, I had already felt like that was the direction we needed to go. But I wasn't just going to say, Bless God, you're going to do this because this is how I feel. Because at that point, it could have gone awry. It could have been messed up. He could have done it. But in that situation, I felt like he needed to get it for himself. And finally, it happened. And I'm thankful that it did. There are other situations in our lives, in my own life, that, that I, I didn't understand the direction in which God, I felt God drawing me. But I'll never forget, as a young boy, I think I was 14 years old, and it was during one of my father-in-law's anniversary services, so it was in April, Brother Kenneth Feeman was preaching for us, and we were praying, and, and God began to deal with me, and I had begun feeling this, the call to preach, the, the calling of God on my life when I was 13 at, at the Holiness Conference. And I was there, yeah, it's been around for a while, <laughs> and I was at the Holiness Conference, and God began to deal with my soul. And it was a year later, it's about six months later, that in that anniversary service, God worked on my heart. And I got up from that altar and I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, I'll never forget. We were about three rows from the back of the church. He was cutting through. I said, hey, sir, can I, can I ask you a quick question? I don't know what I said. That was a long time ago. And I said, I feel so strong that God wants me to preach. And I'm sobbing. I'm bawling my eyes out. And he looked at me. I think we were shaking hands, and he stopped, and then he grabbed my hand. I'll never forget, he was holding my hand, and he said, 
I've been waiting a long time for you to come and talk to me about this. I went to him, asked him if I could marry his daughter, blew my socks off. I was just 18. I literally asked him to marry her on my 18th birthday. And he said yes. He felt like it was a great thing. And I did too. And now it's 19 years. It'll be 20 next year. And I still think it's a great thing. All I'm saying is there was other times in my life when I went to buy this house down here. I'm, I'm pastoring my own church. Okay? We found the house. I called him. I said, Bishop, I need you to help me pray. I want to live in that house. I want to live in town. I want to live close to the church. But I don't want to buy the house if it's not the will of God. And he told me he felt good about it. He said, why are you talking about all this? Because I'm committed to making sure that I'm going in the right direction. And I'm still just as much man as I am pastor. I'm more so man than I am pastor. That's <laughs> how I see it sometimes. It's not about who I am, but it's about the role in which God has placed upon, placed me in, and that being pastor. Now, I did, again, the, this is from a series of notes. I think there are 22 notes in this series of lessons, and and so these are, these are discipleship course notes that we had, uh, Brother Johns from Miami, Florida, he, he had put these together. He, he dug out his church just like we have here, and, and, and he, he has been going for years, and, and he's built up a good, solid, strong church, and, and he put these notes together. And so everybody that came through his church, comes through his church, goes through these courses and through these lessons. And, and so some of these things that you're hearing me say, I'm, I'm putting a lot of my own words in here, but... Some of these things you're hearing me say or reading, uh, these are things that Brother John also teaches his church. And, and not I can promise you this, not brother jo just Brother John's, but other pastors are doing the same thing. And, and, and it's not because we want to shelter you and, and pull you back, uh, but we do want to protect you from the onslaught of false doctrine, uh, from the onslaught of hell trying to bombard the minds of the people of God. And, and we got to understand that we've got to learn to trust God enough uh, to say, hey, if that preacher messes up, God's going to deal with him, and God's going to judge him. Amen. It's not our place, amen, as saints to go and, and to deal with the pastor, unfortunately. But there are things that we have in place that says, hey, if, if you think something's gone wrong, Brother Mendez, if you think something's going wrong with Pastor Hilton, you've got some men that you can contact. You can get a hold of them, and they can, they can find, they can, they can talk to you as, long, as much as they need to to make sure everything's all right. Brother Tuffy, if you think something's going wrong and I'm not teaching things right, you have, the, you have access to these men, and I'll make sure you have the numbers. Amen. Maybe I need to put them out there in the public somewhere. But I just want you to understand I'm submitted to those men. And if they need to, and they need to correct me, I'll stand corrected. But I also know one other thing is, honey, you better make sure your ducks are in a row when you call them. Because they're not going to play games with you or me. Amen. That's the kind of authority that I submit myself to. That way I'm not just running amok. Well, help me, Jesus. I just want you to understand I'm not just here making decisions willy-nilly because I want to. But I want to make sure that we're going in the right direction. And, and as, as Brother John's put in here, you need to learn from your pastor or those that he appoints to teach. If you have a question, you need to ask your pastor. Don't open the door for confusion or misinformation by asking other people.
you're going to get a smorgasbord of ideas, and I, I, I got to be good, but I, I just want you to understand, you can end up confusing yourself to no end. Amen. I need, I need the help of God to make the right decisions. Not a day goes by, I can promise you this. I'm not trying to harp on me. I just want you to understand, I love each and every one of your souls, and I want to see you saved. And at the end of the day, I'm not just here saying, hey, I'm worried that they're going to tell you something different. No, if you're going to go to a church down the road from here, in, this, in the vicinity, I don't know, except for the church in Olathe, and there, there's another church down in Fort Scott, but they don't even have a pastor right now. But these other churches, I don't know any of them that are teaching truth right now. You can go find and you can counsel with them. I'm not giving you permission. That's not what that statement was about. But if you do go counsel with them, you're going to find out that they're, they're going to give you a lot of different, they're going to give you way different counsel than what you're going to find from me. I don't think I'm better. But I do know this, the word of God is true. And I've done everything that I've, I could do to make sure I, I stay aligned with this book right here. Oh, help us tonight, Jesus. Your church's doctrines are the doctrines that you should be concerned about. You need to get grounded. You need to be rooted in the apostolic doctrine. Full knowledge of the apostolic doctrine will refute all false doctrine. I've heard some of you come to me and say, man, I was listening to the radio the other day, and I had to turn that thing off or change channels because that guy was teaching stuff that wasn't right. Thank God. How did you know that? Well, you'd been exposed to the truth. Not just not just putting a spotlight on me, but I'm talking about you did some digging. You spent time in the Word of God. You grabbed an understanding of what the Word of God is telling us and teaching us. The most important thing for you to understand is your church's teaching from the Bible. If we give ear to strange doctrines and fables, they will, not maybe, but they will lead us away from the truth. You need to study to know what you believe and why you believe it. That's why I, I, I'm, I'm excited that many of you like to do Bible studies. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But let's not stop doing the Bible studies. Let's continue digging deeper. And once you feel like you've got a good understanding, how about you start teaching some other folks those, those types of Bible studies. And let's find out what the Word of the Lord has to say. Can I get an amen? Praise God. You should make it a goal in your life to be able to clearly explain, not from your head, but from the Scripture, what you believe. In fact, the Apostle Paul said that you should be able to give an account to every man that asketh of the hope that lieth in you. You should be able to tell somebody about it. What did God do for you? Maybe you don't know all the scriptures right offhand. Eventually, I believe that you will if you continue seeking after God. But I can tell you this, nobody can refute your experience with God. Nobody can. Being at church, you will gain spiritual strength that you need. If you are committed to your church unreservedly and you are faithful to church. Can I say a few things here? It is at church that you will have your greatest experiences with God. It is at church that, you, that your spiritual needs will be met. That's why church hopping is detrimental to your spiritual stability and your welfare 
spiritually. A, a real sheep can only have one shepherd, just one. Amen. The church is a place of refuge from the sin of this world. The church is a place of restoration and development for the Christian. And it does not matter what we face in the world from day to day. We need to come to the house of God. That's where we're going to find strength to overcome. Amen. I can promise you that there are days that when I don't feel like going to the house of the Lord, but I press on anyway. Those are the days that God really ministers to my spirit and strengthens me like I've never been strengthened before. Hallelujah. Being committed to your church will make a difference in your commitment to God. Amen. You being committed to going to the house of the Lord also shows how committed you are to your God. The, the house of God. You're going to find some of this stuff is, is just ingrained in me. And so just bear with me. You're going to. The house of God. Sometimes. I, I could make a play on words, but I'm not going to. Sometimes people center the house of God in their life. It takes the center stage of their life. But I'm here to submit to you that you must center your life around the house of the Lord. That's not, that's not, that's not just about right. That is right. In fact, I want you to consider with me, the Israelites, when they set up their tents. There was a specific way in which they were to set up their tents. The first thing that had to be set up, the Levites were supposed to set up the tent, the tabernacle. Once they understood where that was going, then the tribes were to position themselves all the way around the tabernacle. But not just any old way. The Bible said that they were to set their tents up in such a way that when they opened the flap of their tent and look out of the tent, the first thing they were, were, were supposed to be able to see was the tabernacle. Was the tabernacle. Showing us that God's saying, hey, I want to be in the center of your life. I want to be in the center of my people. That, that principle has never changed. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33, we, we said it a while ago, but seek first the kingdom of God. Amen? And so maybe I'm just preaching to the choir, but I just want you to understand these things are, are, are just as necessary as Acts 2.38. We need to understand. We need to be committed to God. We need to be committed to church. Amen. Our walk with God is dependent upon our faithfulness to the house of God. If you are not faithful to church, I can promise you this, you will not be faithful to God. You won't be. Some bold statements, Pastor. These are all true statements. I'm I just want us to understand we need to get back in the game. To succeed in living for God, you must be committed. You must be committed to God and to the house of the Lord. Amen. There's so much more. I'm going to have to call it quits. At this point, because if I start this next section, we're going to be here another 30 or 45 minutes. I don't want to wear out the saints of the Most High. That's the devil's job. My question to you tonight is are you willing and are you ready to commit your ways to the Lord? even more than you have before.
Can people tell how much you love the Lord by your commitment to him? Can your family tell, your friends tell how much you love your family by your commitment to them? And then does it transition over? Can they see that you are committed to God through your actions on a daily basis? What about the way that you talk when you're at home? What about the way that you talk when you're on the job site? What about the way that you act? Can they tell that you are committed to God? Just some probing questions I'm asking tonight as I'm getting ready to close this service tonight. I'm wondering, are you wanting and are you willing to commit yourself to God once more? And say, here I am, Lord. Use me for your glory. If you are, can you stand to your feet and lift your hands to heaven and surrender to him and just say, here I am, Lord. Whatever you need from me, God, I am yours today. Maybe you're listening at home right now. Can you at least lift your hands to heaven and surrender to him one more time and say, here I am, God. God, I am giving my everything to you, Jesus. I adore you, and I am committing my everything to you one more time. Lord, I want to be consistent in my life. I want to be consistent in everything that I do for your kingdom. God, somehow I pray that your love for you, the love for you would be evident in my life through the way that I am committed to you, through the way that those that are around me can see. My commitment for you means everything to me. You are first in my life. You are my all in all, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hallelujah, Jesus. My God. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Everything I am belongs to him. Everything that I am belongs to him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to be committed. I want to be faithful. I want to be counted faithful when he calls me home. I want to hear those words, enter in thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I love y'all very, very much. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you all for listening online. Those of you that have joined us, I want to remind us that Friday night there is a youth service in Olathe. We're going to have a great time there. I don't know exactly all the activities that are going to happen, but we plan to be there at 7.30. I know that Sam was planning to go with us. I think Sequoia is still planning to go with us. I need to confirm that, but we'll be picking them up. If there's any other young people that you know that would like to go, please let me know. Um, I would love to pick them up and take them. We'll have a great time in the Holy Ghost for sure. And uh, we will have food one way or another, whether it's us stopping somewhere on the way home or they're, they're doing something there. So anyway, we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, and by the way, I know it says it's a youth service, but you are all welcome to go and encouraged to go. And I know we'll have a good time then. Amen. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I think that's everything for this week. Come back Sunday on Sunday service. Uh, Brother Mendez, you had offerings. Just. I think that was it, right? I think that's it. Anyhow, if you have offering, you can put it in there. Amen. Um, by the way, I want to get an, a new basket thing because I'd like to do it where we we set it out here and we, we have a, a march to give to the Lord and uh, make it a part of our worship. And I'd like to... I was thinking about this the other day. I'd like to probably start incorporating that into our worship service and uh, as opposed to waiting till the end. I know there was a reason why we did it this way, and but after the bishop taught about the tithe and, and, and the reason why we, we give it, this is, this, this is a part of our worship as well, amen. And just because you, you don't have something every service, um, nobody's going to judge you. But we wanted to, I want to make it a part of the service. Amen. Um, uh, and there was something else I was going to say. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't important, I guess. Well, God bless you all. We love you. Amen. You're dismissed tonight. In Jesus' name.